All right, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the second episode of The List, um, or tonight, as we'll be calling it, the Kendall Lamb Propaganda Podcast, and we'll get more into that later. I'm your host and MC. My name is Brett, and on the other end of the tin can and string is Jordan. And Jordan, I believe you have some breaking running back news that involves our beloved Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I know all the people that know me and, and have been following me for a while um, have been anticipating this. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't be the one to break this. This is per field Yates. Uh, that running back Miles Gaskin has been released from the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, uh, former Dolphins great. And shout out to our social media manager, Callum, who is the biggest and only Miles Gaskin fan that I know. Um, but hopefully this does not ruin his weekend. And of course it we probably have, will. Yeah, pro- probably. And of course we have the ad reader extraordinaire, Zach Jackson, as our producer. Um, before we get into everything, Jordan, got some feedback on our podcast. And uh, I know you and I talked about it a little bit, but we've, uh, I was surprised with how much positivity we got. And I had a lot of fun with the last one. And this just encourages me more to do some more as we go on. Yeah, I mean, we, we planned on doing one a week, and now uh, two days later, we're here doing this again. So uh, shout out to all the people that listened. Shout out to all the people that gave, gave us feedback. Um, we appreciate the good and the bad, um, and, and this is fun. I'm, I'm excited to see what, what today's going to bring. Absolutely, and of course, before we get into the podcast, since the last time we host it, we have multiple ways you can watch the show. Previously, we had just uploaded to YouTube. Now, we have our YouTube account. We have Podbean, we have Spotify, we have Amazon Music, we have iHeartRadio, we have Player FM, we're on Podchaser, and last but not least, we're on Boomplay. Now, it, it's easy to find us on any of those podcasts. Just look up the list Dolphins Podcasts, or all one word, because that's how it went, is uh, the list Podcast 13. If you put that in the search bar, you will find us on any of those platforms. Um, and to go on first, further before we uh, move on, two questions that popped up with that. Are we going to be on Google and are we going to be on Apple? And Jordan, I don't know if you had a chance to look at it. I tried to, uh, excuse me, sign up for both of those and uh, it was not being very cooperative. So I kind of gave up for now. Now, there was also a game last night, as we all know. Um, Jordan, I don't know about you, but I've never been happier and angrier at the same time because I have Amon Ross St. Brown on one of my fantasy teams, but in two other ones, I played against them. So it was a mixed night for me. Well, I w- I'm always happy to see a good AFC team lose. Um, last week or the other day on the pod, uh, I said the Dolphins were going to win a game at Kansas City. Um, so that definitely made me feel good last night. Um, but at the same time, when the Lions went up, I might have taken the Chiefs money line. Uh, live, so I wasn't too thrilled about the result. Right. Well, I've always been a fan of Dan Campbell, so his success is uh, always good for so, me. While you bring up Dan Campbell, Brett, I I kind of have a little bit of a conspiracy theory that we haven't even discussed off air that I kind of want to throw at you. Okay. So if you think back when Dan Campbell got hired, his introductory press conference, he said he was going to bite the knees off of his, the kneecaps off of his opponents. And then two days before his opening game contest at Kansas City, Travis Kelsey injures his knee. 
Do you think that possibly Dan Campbell bit the kneecap of Travis Kelsey? That is a very interesting question. We might actually have to have our social media team put that out for for our uh, audience to discuss on Twitter, X, Instagram, whatever you want to call the uh, different platforms. Absolutely. Once again, the List podcast on all platforms. Just remember between List and podcast to put two spaces. Um, But anyway, on to the show. We will get to our Dolphins. Like I said, it is going to be a Kendall Lamb propaganda podcast. But we'll get to that. Um, We're going to do something a little different. As I said in the first episode, we're not just about the Dolphins. We want to explore everything. And as much as I would love to go do a deep dive on the USA-Uzbekistan soccer game tomorrow, um, I don't think people care about Uzbekistan soccer too much. So instead, Jordan, what are we going to do tonight? Borat cares about Uzbekistan, I think. Or was that Kazakhstan? Kazakhstan. That was Kazakhstan? Okay. Um, I I think we're going to pick some games. I I heard we're going to pick some games. I heard we're going to give some keys. Um, and, and we're going to have some fun with this and I'm probably going to end up having a better record than you at the end of the year. Probably because I am, uh, definitely more about the gut feeling and I'll be honest, uh, since my team has been good the last couple of years, Michigan, I haven't been paying as much attention to the other teams as I used to. Um, because when you get used to heartache, you just kind of stop paying attention to Michigan after a while, but that's changed for two straight years and hopefully for a third. Um, but we have picked five college games we want to go over with everybody. We picked four NFL games, and then, of course, we will talk about the Dolphins. Um, so we are just going to go right down the line, and we are going to talk about game two of the primetime era in Colorado. Big rivalry game, Colorado versus Nebraska. Deion Sanders' second coach game. Um, I watched the Nebraska-Minnesota game last week, Jordan. I don't know why. It was painful. I had Nebraska plus seven. Sorry for that. Uh, No, we won. We're good. Minnesota won by three. We're we're okay. Fair enough. Matt Rule is a good coach, but you can look at him at Temple. You can look at him at Baylor. Uh, Ignore the Carolina Panthers. Uh, But... He always has a bad first year, and then they improve the second. Prime has his son, Shador Sanders, at quarterback, and then that freak, Travis Hunter, who, if not this year, probably next year, could be a dark horse candidate for the Heisman. Started last week, uh, both wide receiver and cornerback, had an amazing game. Over 100 total snaps, had three pass defended, an interception, and another almost pick, and over 100 yards receiving. Uh, Jordan, I have Colorado winning. So the the biggest thing that scares me when I look at this game um, is the amount of people that are betting Colorado for this game. Um, Colorado obviously took a lot of money from Vegas week one. Um, I remember there was a tweet. I, I wish I had who tweeted it um, before the Colorado TCU game um, saying that the biggest bet of the day in Vegas uh, was Colorado plus 20. Um, and that if Colorado outright won the game, it would be a disaster for the books. Um, so I was I was fascinated to look at it um, and see that Colorado was only a two-point favorite this week. Um, however, I, I think Colorado just has a lot more talent. Um, I think Shador Sanders, like you said, uh, uh, looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the league last week. Um, I think Travis Hunter playing both sides of the ball 
people worry about whether he can keep that up long term and whether he can continue um, to play long term. Uh, both sides of the ball, we're, we're going to see throughout the year. Uh, but being in week two, I'm not really concerned about that. And I just think Colorado's too explosive uh, for Nebraska. So I think Colorado wins the game. Um, I think they cover, but I we're picking outright. So I think Colorado wins and goes to two and zero. Okay, so we both got Colorado there. Uh, next game, a lot of our listeners will love is the Miami Texas A and M game. Um, I will say this: I told Miami fans all last year that Josh Gaddis was a very overrated offensive coordinator, even though he won the Broyles Award his last year at Michigan. Uh, he lasted one year as offensive coordinator from Miami. It was that bad. Miami went from what looked like a very up-and-coming team to an underachieving team, so I don't know what to think about the Canes this year. Uh, Texas A&M, talk about underachieving teams. They started last year top five and finished with a losing record, I believe. Uh, I think they're the only team to ever do that. So you never know what you're getting with A&M. I am interested in watching A&M for two reasons, uh, and that's because... Two, they have two offensive linemen who are considered top draft prospects. Their center, Bryce Foster, as well as their offensive tackle, Ruben Favier II. So I'll be watching them because, surprise, surprise, the Dolphins have a need on the offensive line. Uh, but I will take Texas A&M to win just because I don't trust the Hurricanes. Yeah, that's the, definitely the biggest issue I'm having with this game. Um, and, and I trust most of the units of the Hurricanes, um, but Tyler Van Dyke is somebody that worries me. Um, I, a lot of people I talk to, a lot of coaches I talk to this week, um, aren't really convinced that he's what people thought he was at the beginning of last year. I think he's um, kind of taken a step back um, as far as the way people view him. Um, I will be at the game tomorrow. Um, I will be tailgating before the game tomorrow, and I cannot walk into that stadium without picking Miami. I'm not a Miami fan. Um, I'm not a Texas A&M fan. I have no skin in the game. Um, but I look for the Hurricanes at home. The The weird thing for me is that last year the Hurricanes lost 17-9 in the same game. And the Hurricanes looked horrible. They looked absolutely dreadful in one of Cristobal's first games as the coach at Texas A&M, at College Station, and they had an opportunity late in the game to possibly tie or win the game. Um, so I look for them coming home uh, this year. Um, I expect Hard Rock Stadium will have a better crowd than people anticipate. There will be a lot of Texas A&M fans, um, but I look for the skill position players and specifically the running backs uh, for Miami to have a great game. Um, I'm picking the Hurricanes. Okay. So for first one we disagree on. Uh, next one. I am calling this the Rich Rodriguez Bowl because he was the offensive coordinator for both teams, and it is one of the only uh, ranked-versus-ranked matchups this weekend, and that is Ole Miss-Tulane. I am going with Ole Miss. Now, again, talk about teams that you never know what you're going to get and whether to trust them or not. That would be Ole Miss, but I am a fan of the quarterback, Jackson Dart. Uh, Tulane, can't say I know a lot about them. They did have that amazing uh, bowl victory last year against USC come from behind, which was one of the best games uh, you'll ever see, at least most exciting, but going into going to Ole Miss is going to be a tough one. I do like the head coach Willie Fritz for Tulane, but I just think a little too much to overcome this weekend. So you pick Ole Miss? Yep. 
So I, I put this game on our list and, and I know there are people, my brother goes to Tulane and, and would be very upset with me if I pick against the wave here. Um, and I'm not going to. I think Michael Pratt's a really good quarterback. I think he showed in week one um, that he was very much improved on last year. Um, I think the, the Tulane receiving core um, in the group of five teams uh, is very underrated and probably one of the best. Uh, Fat Watts, redshirt senior, uh, I think he scores a couple touchdowns. Um, I think Tulane has a little bit of experience now. They beat Kansas State last year. They beat USC last year. Um, and they're looking to get back to where they were um, bowl-wise last year. And, and I think Ole Miss uh, coming to town, that, that place is going to be rocking. The fans are going to be excited. Um, and, and I think Tulane, a ranked opponent in a ranked versus ranked game, uh, I think Tulane shocks some people and wins this game. Nice. So, see, people, we don't agree on everything, so that is a good thing right there. Um, I am going to take a back seat for the next preview because this is your area of expertise. But UCF Boise State, take it away, Jordan. <laughs> well, uh, let's not get into the whole blue field situation. Um, UCF actually this week practiced um, at a local high school in Orlando that has a blue field um, to prepare for the elements in Idaho. Um, tomorrow night, uh, I think UCF skill position players, I think John Rice Plumley, he's not my favorite quarterback, um, that I've watched at UCF. Um, he's more of a runner than a thrower. Um, but I think UCF's running backs, their receivers, and more importantly, their defensive line is way too deep uh, for Boise state to handle. Uh, Boise state struggled, uh, last week at Washington. Washington's one of the top teams in the country. Um, but I think they're also going to struggle this week, um, with UCF. The interesting part and the only reason Boise State, in my mind, has a chance to win this game is because of how good they are at home. Um, they have one of the longest home winning streaks in the country, uh, and I think that that comes to an end Saturday night. I take UCF to win by multiple scores. Yeah, like I said, sorry, folks. I don't really know much about either team this year. But, uh, but you're going to have to pick somebody because when we tally up picks, do you want to? Is Michigan playing this week? Do you want to pick the Michigan game and I'll sit out? Nah, Michigan's beating UNLV, so we're not going to do that. But just to be different, and just so we know we're not going to agree as much, I will take Boise State. You never bet against the Blue Field, so we'll go with the uh, Broncos in that one. And finally, right, we got one more. It is the game of the weekend in many people's eyes. The other ranked versus ranked opponent, opponent Texas versus Bama. Now, going into the year, all anybody wanted to talk about with Texas was the young Manning, Arch Manning coming in. Uh, but Quinn Ewers, Ewers is a pretty good quarterback when he's on. Um, he was a five-star commit to Ohio State, then transferred to Texas. If he didn't get hurt in the Bama game last year, I'd argue that Texas would have won. Um, but unfortunately, he got hurt, and we saw what happened. He was very inconsistent after coming back from the injury. After a good first week, um, he also has two other highly ranked prospects on offense with him. Xavier Worthy, who was an All-American wide receiver, and a very underrated tight end prospect named uh, Jatavian Sanders. Uh, so they do. Texas does have a high-octane offense. Emma, of course, everybody was wondering how you replace Bryce Young. And they had... Jalen Milrose start and look really good, albeit against weaker competition. Jordan, 
I don't think this is going to be a close game despite what happened last year. Last year was in Texas. This year, they are going to Tuscaloosa. I think Bama has a deep offensive line anchored by J.C. Latham, who will be a top 10 pick next year. And they they go five running backs deep in the backfield. So it may be close for a quarter or two, but I think Bama boat races Texas. Did you steal my notes? I don't believe I did. Because pretty much what you said is is what's going to happen. I I don't I think that the big misconception is because last year's game was close, because Quinn Ewers is still there, that this week's game is going to be close. And I don't necessarily see that being the case. Um, Alabama has has a little bit of a, a swag to them this year that I, I think a lot of people um, aren't going to realize because Milrow is not a Jalen Hurts. He's not a Tua. But that is a grown-ass man. Like, that that dude is going to be tough to handle all season long. And I just don't see Texas being able to stay in this game for, for four quarters. I think that Alabama's defense, uh, led by Dallas Turner, I, I think they are fast. I think they're physical. I think they're big. I think they're tough. And I think that they're just going to to put a statement and put a foot down and say, we're, we're not this team from last year. We're not going to get pushed around by a team like Texas. Welcome to the SEC. We're Alabama, and this is how things go. I think Alabama wins by three scores. Yep, I agree. And just to recap, you and I agreed Colorado over Nebraska. You and I split the Miami A&M game. You took Miami. I took Texas A&M. For the Ole Miss, I picked Ole Miss, you took Tulane. I took Boise, you took UCF, and we both took Bama to beat Texas. Uh, moving on, we will now go over a couple NFL games. Although, before we do that again, 5.30 on Saturday at TNT, USA Soccer returns again to Uzbekistan. I encourage everybody to support the team. Um, but that's a discussion for another game. Jay, Jordan. Um, we're going to go over... USA. Exactly. USA wins. That's my pick. Yeah, I think that's a safe pick. Uh, But we're going to start out with the Bengals-Browns game. Fresh off of Joe Cool, Joe Burrow. Uh, Burrow's getting that mega extension. They go up against their opponent, or their state opponent and rival, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, To stick with the stalker theme, Jordan, um, there's two teams in Ohio, Cincinnati, and Columbus, and their rivalry is called the Hell is Real rivalry. The same thing. Is, did, did you say Hell is Real? Yep, that's what they call it, the Hell is Real Derby. And uh, this game is going to be Hell, because I don't know if you saw, but Miles Garrett's already talking some smack. Uh, Bengals are always one of the teams that talk the most. The Who Day, the Who Day Nation. I'm very intrigued to see how it's going. Bengals are a team. Everybody's expecting to make a deep playoff run, and it's hard to argue. They have a improved offensive line again, bringing in the offensive tackle from Kansas State, uh, Kansas, excuse me, Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, for like all of three weeks was the highest, or three months, excuse me, the highest paid player in Bengals history in terms of guaranteed money. Now it's Joe Burrows. You got Kenny Mixon in the backfield. And, of course, you have one of, if not the top, trio of wide receivers 
in the NFL when it comes to Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase. Uh, I have one question for you before you continue with your pick. Yep. Who the fuck is Kenny Mixon? Joe Mixon. I, Kenny Mixon is a former Dolphin, and my brain just goes to them all the time. I know he was a former Dolphin, um, but I just had to make sure that you got in there that it, Kenny Mixon is not the current running back to the Cincinnati Bengals. True. My brain goes all over the place with those, and I will say mix players up. Like I kept for the Chargers, kept mixing um, Austin Eckler with Kyle Eckel, the old fullback for Navy. So that'll happen occasionally, and my mouth moves faster than my brain sometimes. Um, <laughs> and I'm just here to keep you in check, my man. That is good. But uh, the Browns are a team everybody expected to do really well last year, and of course they didn't. They had the uh, Jacoby Brissett experience we had a couple years ago as Deshaun Watson served his suspension. I think they'll be improved anytime you have Nick Chubb in the back in the backfield. Uh, you will be dangerous, and when you have that offensive line, I do think the Bengals are just too much for them. Um, I do think the Browns' defense will keep them in the game, but... I just trust Joe Burrows more, so I am picking the Bengals in this one. Um, so we're we're going to disagree here. Actually, I I think in a surprise, I think one of the surprises we're going to see this Sunday is a theme of the teams that are more physical, winning games. Um, and I think that team in this game is the Browns. I think the interesting thing to see is going to be is Burrow fully healthy. Um, we know he's had some injury problems this off season. Um, he had the the on the same day as the Jalen Ramsey injury. Um, messed up his leg and and he's playing Sunday um but we're going to see if he's fully at 100%. Um I think the Browns are physical. I think this game is going to be a lot like what we saw last night uh between Kansas City and Detroit. I think Cincinnati's going to control the ball or I'm sorry, I think Cleveland's going to be able to control the ball. I think Cleveland's going to be able to get 4 or 5 yards whenever they want. And and that's going to be big. I think the Browns are going to or the Bengals are going to struggle to get yards. Um, the Browns are going to move the ball. Um, I think a late field goal um, by the Browns wins this game for Cleveland by two. Next game, the Steelers versus the Niners. Now, as a proud resident of Pennsylvania and the son of one of the biggest Steeler homers I have ever met, I'm curious to see how the Steelers do. I am a big fan of the draft they had, uh, getting Broderick Jones, Keanu Bennett, Joey Porter Jr. and Nick Herbig. I do think the Kenny Pick Kenny Pickett and George Pickens connection is going to be. And the big question will be how Matt Canada does. He is not very popular in Pittsburgh right now, to the point many are very shocked that they kept him on. So this is going to be a make or break year for him. The Niners, I'm curious to see where they are. I don't fully buy into the Brock Purdy hype. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how he develops. But that team, aside from quarterback, is so stacked. Uh, Nick Bosa, another person who just got a monster extension. I am picking the Niners to win, but I think it's going to be close. Um, I think it's going to be very defensive, basically Nick Bosa versus TJ Watt show, with the two DN slash linebackers dominating the opposing offense. And I think it's going to be a game of field goals with the Niners coming out on top. So let me ask you this, Brett. Who in your life are Steelers fans? Everybody in my family but me. So I want to let everybody in Brett's family but him know that I am on your side and he is not. 
I'm picking the Steelers. Um, I love the draft they had. The one name you've met, you I don't think you mentioned when you mentioned their draft is Darnell Washington, um, who I think is going to be um, a huge asset, more so for their running game than their passing game. Um, I think you hit the nail right on the head when you said Kenny Pickett and George Pickens um, is, is a duo to watch out for this year. I think George Pickens, when we look back, is going to be one of the steals of the fantasy season. And we're going to look back and say, how did he get to the seventh, eighth round, sixth round in most fantasy drafts? Um, I think he's going to be have an absolute breakout year. I don't necessarily believe the Brock Purdy hype. Um, I think he's good. I think he is an adequate quarterback. But I don't necessarily see the, the next coming of Tom Brady yet. And we might be doing this podcast in five years and be constantly playing this clip of what I'm about to say, but I don't see a generational quarterback when I watch Brock Purdy. I watched a lot of his college games. I thought Brees Hall carried him a lot. I thought the Iowa State defense, the Iowa State running game, uh, carried Brock Purdy. He's a mature guy. He doesn't make a ton of mistakes, but I don't see superstar. And I think that that's going to show. I think the 49ers are going to be good. I don't necessarily think the 49ers are going to be great this year. Um, and I think the Steelers are going to compete for a division title. Um, and I think the Steelers will take this week one game. And next game we're looking at is a rivalry game. And two teams, Jordan, I don't know what the hell either team is going to be. The Green Bay Packers versus the Chicago Bears. When we talk about the Bears, everybody's talking about the giant leap Justin Fields is going to make. And I was a big fan of Justin Fields coming out of Ohio State. Don't let any Michigan fan hear me say that, but I was. Um, But they talk about all the improvements, and you look at the moves, and yes, they got DJ Moore, they got Mercedes Lewis, they got Robert Tunyon. You have Chase Claypool, who was always overrated, coming back. He did not look good after that trade. After Moore... In Claypool, you have Darnell Moody, who I do think is underrated. And Cole Komet at tight end, too, who is good. He screwed my fantasy team over last year where he was basically an extra offensive lineman, but he is a good player. Um, Of course, you have Darnell Wright on the offensive line and then a completely rebuilt defense, adding pieces like Yannick Ngakwe, Tremaine Edmonds, and TJ Edwards. Uh, The Packers is all about what is Jordan Love. I do like the pieces they have. Christian Watson is a guy I'm very confident will have a breakout year at wide receiver. Um, I drafted him in two of my leagues. That's how confident I am. And, of course, he might miss this game. So there's a lot of questions there. To me, Jordan, it comes down to who do you trust more, Jordan Love or Justin Fields? And I will say Fields this game and go with Chicago. So about a minute ago, or however long, if people want to rewind and listen to us again and spend more time listening to the list, Dolphins podcast, wherever you find podcasts. Um, I, I, you said, what does Jordan love? And I didn't, I stopped listening after that. And what Jordan loves is the Chicago Bears. Um, I think the Chicago Bears have an opportunity to compete with the Lions to win that division. Um, Christian Watson's not playing. Romeo Dobbs is questionable. Um, I think that Jordan Love in his first uh, opening day NFL start um, in this type of stage, 
Um, I think Justin Fields, for one of the few times that he has in this NFL season, is going to be the more experienced quarterback. Um, I think the Bears are underrated. Like you mentioned, a ton of their weapons. They have one of the best tight end rooms in the league. They have a deep receiving core. They have a fast receiver. They have a physical receiver. They have a good slot receiver. Shout out to Lane, Darnell Mooney. And I, I think that the uh, Bears are going to be a very good football team this year. They And going into next year, they have their pick, okay? And they have the Carolina Panthers pick. I, I think the Bears are in a great position moving forward. Uh, for their franchise, and it's all about how Eberflus is going to be able to coach. And I think that um, this week, at least, he's going to be able to get the job done and the Bears win. And the last game before the main event, another rivalry game, uh, both in who they play and for us, a game I think we all just wish would get canceled and we can just write off the slate, the Jets and the Bills. Uh, The Bills are a team I have a long projected Jordan to uh, come down to earth and regress a bit. They do have, they did add Dalton Kincaid. I'm not as, was not as big of a fan of him as most in the draft room were. I think he was my third or fourth tight end in this draft, uh, but he does fit with what Josh Allen wants to do. And you don't know if James Cook is going to be, is going to rise to that level of a starter and running back. So there are questions offensively. Uh, defensively, they did lose Edmonds, as we just talked about, going to Chicago. Uh, speaking of Tulane, this is a Green Wave podcast out of nowhere. I am mildly annoyed that they drafted Dorian Williams, because that is a linebacker I really loved coming out of the draft and kind of wish we could have dra- had a chance at drafting, uh, but that is for another another podcast. <laughs> the, the New York Jets, or as we can refer to them this year, the New York Packers, we know how I feel about them. I picked them to finish last in the division. I'm not buying the hype. Um, if... Young can come back healthy. I think they will have a good running game. The big question for them will be health, but something about me, I've seen this too often. I've seen the aging Green Bay quarterback go to the Jets, so I'm not buying that hype. And no rational reason I'm picking the Bills other than the fact that as a Dolphins fan, I cannot find it in my heart to say much positive about the Jets, nor can I pick them. Yeah, I, I think that we're very much in agreement here. I, if As many times as we have the Jets on this year, I don't know many times that you're actually going to hear me pick them. Um, I think the Jets are one of the more overrated teams uh, coming into the league this season. Um, and we talked about this the other day. I mean, I don't see uh, the Jets being a playoff team. Um, the Bills are. Uh, the Bills are going to be very nice competing for a wild card spot. Um, I think the Bills are going to be a team that are going to have to go on the road the first week of the playoffs and win a game on the road. Um, And that's going to be nice for them to come in second place. But I think as we're talking about week one, um, I think they're going to give the Jets a little bit of a wake-up call. Um, The Jets have a little bit of a Vince Young, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, What was it he said said about the Eagles in the offseason there? What type of offseason did they have? Like it was a dream or something like that? Yep. Um, I think that they're going to come back to earth um, very quickly, and it's going to happen now. The Jets have a brutal, brutal first couple weeks of the season, um, and I don't think they win here in week one. So I take the Bills. um, I take the Bills. They'll be up by a score. The Jets will hang around. Um, The Bills will score late and win the game by two scores. And just for a recap, I picked the Bengals. Jordan picked the Browns. 
I picked the Niners, Jordan picked the Steelers, we both agreed on the Bears winning, and we both agreed on the Bills winning. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, it is the main event. Like I said, it now becomes the Kendall Lamb Propaganda Podcast. Sadly, as we all know, as we all heard, uh, Armstead will miss this game due to injuries. Uh, in other news, grass is green and the sky is blue. Kendall Lamb has had a great preseason. Looked good in camp, has looked good in every game. And honestly, before he got hurt last year, he looked pretty good in that half uh, of football he played. Even if he is going up against either Khalil Mack or Joey Bosa, I have full confidence that Kendall Lamb will do a good job. Now, Jordan, what I do not have full confidence in is if one of our offensive tackles go down, Keon Smith doing a good job against one of those two, and Austin Jackson, Ajax, uh, unfortunately, until he proves it, despite having a good camp, he will be known as Austin Saxon rather than Austin Jackson. So as much as we're hyping up, as much as we are optimistic this year for him, this is definitely a case of I need to see it to believe it. So that is where the propaganda comes for Kendall Lamb as we are rooting, we are rooting for him to be the level he's been basically since he's been a Dolphin, uh, albeit in a small sample size. Uh, to go further outside of the offensive tackle matchup with the defensive ends, the, o- the other matchup I'm curious about is our corners, I'm assuming, are going to be ex-Eli uh, Eli Apple and Cater Cahoo against the trio wide receivers, f- receivers of Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Quentin Johnston. Uh, Jordan, it's going to be like the LA Clippers back in the day. It's going to be Lob City. Those are three big wide receivers, and I could see Captain Chess, Ch- check down, a.k.a. Um, Justin Herbert, just throwing some balls up and hoping for some 50-50 wins. Some you'll win, some you'll lose. Uh, but I am interested in that matchup. Uh, but how I see this game going, especially with the injury to Armstead and really Jalen Waddle not being fully healthy either, I expect you're going to see us go with a very heavy lineup, a lot of two tight end sets with Durham Smythe and Tyler Croft, even Alex Ingold is tight end too. I think we're going to definitely rely heavily on the run game. doesn't matter which running back it is. I think we are going to try and shorten the game, shorten the hits to it takes, take the shots when you can. But I expect this is a game we're going to try and keep relatively low scoring. Um, I do think the Dolphins win 24-21. And I think Tua has two touchdowns, uh, but I think it's going to be a rather tame yardage of around 200, 210 yards. But I am still picking the Dolphins win uh, because I'm that confident in the run game, especially from what I've seen. I don't think this is going to be like last year where our wide receivers got bullied. I think... McDaniels has learned from that experience. I think he knows what he needs to do. And I think we're going to take the advantage that we have in the run game against that defense. Yeah, I I don't think there was anybody's doubt that we were both going to pick the Dolphins here. Um, I think McDaniels has been playing for this game since the season came out. Um, I think McDaniel took that game specifically last season very hard on himself. Um, and I think he's going to come into Sunday with a much better game plan. Um, it's funny, you you highlighted the same exact two keys that I had written down here. Um, and it's two questions. It's number one, can we protect? 
It's number two, can we cover the big receivers? Um, if, if our offensive line plays decent, if we're middle of the pack, if we're average, and our corners are just adequate, I think we have a good chance to win this game. I'm predicting us winning 33-31. Um, I think our running backs are, again, like we've been saying, everybody's saying the Dolphins have a weak running back crew, uh, but I think a lot of Dolphin fans can agree our running backs aren't as bad as people think. Um, I think that Mostert, I think A-Chain both uh, bring, yes, A-Chain's a fast running back, yes, Mostert's a fast running back, but they bring physicality to the table, um, and they bring a hard running style to the table. Um, and I think that the Dolphins will be able to run the ball on the interior of the Chargers' defense. Um, I think that the Dolphins' front seven is going to play very well against the Chargers' offensive line. And to my theme that I said earlier, that the more physical team is going to win the game, I think people are going to be very surprised to see that the Dolphins are the more physical football team in this game. Uh, I think that this is a big game for Tua. I think Tua, and I don't know, but I think Tua cares more about winning this game than Herbert does. I think obviously every competitor wants to go out there and win, but there's an extra something for this version of Tua that we've gone out and seen this off season to going in to LA and beating Herbert in LA week one in that four o'clock window. I think it is a huge game for the Miami Dolphins. I don't think it's the end of the world. If we don't win the game, I think our schedule still matches up nicely for us to be able to make a run at the playoffs. Um, but I think that this is an opportunity for us to say, yeah, we've made some improvements. Yeah, we have some injuries, but we're not fucking around. I mean, yes, we have no Jalen Ramsey. We have no Taron Armstead. Um, our quarterback coach has a detached retina. Um, and we have we have injuries all over the board. We've had a crazy offseason. We've had a crazy couple of years. But this is a football team that week one in L.A. will be focused be ready to win a football game and we'll be ready to start the season one and oh and if it doesn't happen we're going to sit here next week and we're going to say we have a great opportunity to win at new england get back to one and one but i think we're going to be talking next week about holy shit can this team actually be a team that finally competes for a super bowl so i think the dolphins win 33 31 and i think tua has a great football game absolutely normally this is the part where we would add a new member to the list. Uh, I don't know about you, Jordan, but too many people have been saying we've been making mistakes about taking Tua over Herbert. It's just too many to count, and I'd rather just wait and just take a giant list with everybody's name on it on on our next week's show. Um, I'm down for that, but I'm also, um, and again, we haven't talked about this, I think that the name that should go on the list this week is Justin Herbert. Because he is the first quarterback out of 17 quarterbacks that is going to face Tua this season. And this is the first test for Tua this season. And he's coming at Herbert. He's coming at that L.A. defense. Um, I, myself, am putting Justin Herbert on the list. All right. You heard that here, Justin Herbert. You just made the list. Well, I think that's about time to wrap it up. I hope everybody... Has an amazing weekend. Uh, first full weekend of football, both college and NFL. Before we sign off, Jordan, did you have anything you wanted to say else? I think for people that love football, this is an amazing weekend. It's week two of the college season. 
couple rain games. This is week one of the regular season of the NFL. Um, I hope everybody stays safe. I hope everybody has fun. Um, and I hope everybody is successful in any plays they may pick, as long as those are the same picks as me. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. All right, everybody, for Jordan and Zach, my name is Brett. Thank you for joining us on the list. Remember, we are watching. Zach, hit that music. <laughs>